Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Anthropologically Speaking. I'm Katie. And I'm Isabel. And today we're coming at you with a fun topic, and we've chosen teeth today. Teeth. So, we all have we, them, hopefully. Exactly. Hopefully. <laughs> something we all have in common, unless something has gone wrong. My grandpa it. had his teeth out in, when he was like 21 or something. So like, I'm happy because I've, I've, I've passed the point of like the familial history of having teeth out. So like, oh, yeah. I feel like I'm smooth sailing till I'm like 90 right now. Yeah, that's pretty ambitious. 90s, like you'd have some pretty <laughs> strong teeth, I'd say. I feel um, like I've had a lot of like weird, I've had a weird relationship with my teeth. So oh, same here. This is a good I feel yeah. And I'm terrified of the dentist, so. Oh, I actually enjoy going to the dentist. It's really weird. I think you're the only person I know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like, I I don't know. I find it, like, relaxing. (laughs) Oh, my God. Something wrong. (laughs) I don't know. I know. I'm very disturbed. Um, But do you want to give us an intro to the human dentition? I so do. So, um, (laughs) to be too enthusiastic... So when you're a kid, you only have 20 teeth, um, and by the time you're an adult, you have actually 32, including your wisdom teeth, which a lot of us don't have, so subtract four, and that's probably the majority of the population's number of teeth. We have um, four quadrants in our mouth that we use to um, classify teeth. I'm not sure I can go into any further detail about that because I don't specifically know what the quadrants are. If Katie does, you can tell. Oh, they're, in, I think they just like number them, don't they? Do you know the order though? <laughs> Probably one through four. No. <laughs> where in your mouth is one and where in No, your mouth I is don't. Four. That's not, teeth are not. So, yeah, teeth are not my specialty. So, this should be an interesting episode. <laughs> <laughs> we might be all over the place. So, I'm sorry to all dentists and anthropologists who <laughs> study teeth. You should just tap out now. Um, <laughs> So we have maxillary and mandibular teeth. So maxillary are your teeth that are on top and mandibular are your teeth that are on your bottom. And there are differences between them. Um, your maxillary central incisors, your two top teeth in the middle are much larger than your bottoms and your maxillary molars have three roots while mandibular molars have two. So your top molars have three roots to hold them in your mouth better because gravity's working against you. <laughs> so for basic tooth terminology, I'll just go through a few different things, but we've got the crown. The crown is the enam- enamel like bulbous, your tooth part, this part you see, that's your crown. Um, there's also the cusps, which are the bulby pointed portions of the tooth crown. Um, the roots are exactly what they sound like, same like a plant same as like a oh I cannot talk today I'm sorry <laughs> same as like a plant we'll get through this. um they're the points that like stake the teeth into your head bones haha <laughs> your stake maxilla it. and your mandible <laughs> so um, there's enamel which is a calcified tissue uh dentin is the tissue beneath the enamel and pulp is pulpy like you know when you get like orange you got like pulp it's like that but it's in your tooth actually what this it is. is why it's I don't like teeth and specifically because the way you're describing them. Yes uh, it's actually connective tissue in the central pulp cavity or pulp chamber of the tooth um, and when we're referring to tooth we use a few different uh, directional terms like mesial, distal, buccal, lingual. So like buccal for example is like towards your cheek. Lingual is uh, 
towards your tongue, stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. Um, so you have different types of teeth, as you can know if you've ever looked in your mouth. <laughs> so you, <laughs> people typically have eight incisors, which are the front teeth, and you have four canines, um, eight premolars, 12 molars, or eight, depending on whether you have your wisdom teeth or not. So a little about each tooth. We have our incisors for biting into those apples or whatever you bite into on a daily basis. Canines are for tearing. Your big sharp ones that, you know, be a vampire, those will be the long ones. Premolars are for crushing and grinding. And your molars are for, and as Katie put it exactly, super grinding and processing. <laughs> I didn't know like a word that was above grinding. So it's just like, it's like the fine-tuned grinding. Yeah. Yeah, the stuff that helps you for not choking because you're grinding. chewing up your food. <laughs> um, so we are all born with teeth. I know it doesn't sound like we are because, you know, like babies are gummy, but um, we're all born with teeth. They're just all up in your head. Um, <laughs> so baby teeth are also called milk teeth or deciduous teeth. They're smaller than adult teeth, and there are a few differences as well between a uh, milk tooth and an adult tooth. So milk teeth molars have divergent roots. So the roots actually flare out, kind of like they're sitting on a horse. That's what it kind of looks like. Like if you're sitting on a horse, it's like that, but it's because the tooth is sitting on top of your new adult tooth. So that they diverge to accommodate permanent teeth underneath. Um, people with baby teeth actually don't have premolars. Their mouth is too small to accommodate that many teeth. Uh, so they're missing all eight premolars. So that's a good reason why they don't have uh, as many teeth as an adult does. They also don't have third molars. So in terms of how teeth form, and this is for all teeth, they form from the crown to the roof, so from the crown down. Um, and then, yeah, so basically when you have teeth forming, you have little crown nubs. So you can actually see them on x-rays and stuff. Um, they start with the nub at the top, and then they grow down into the root. So, yeah. Yeah. And the way you lose teeth, it is your new grown-up teeth are growing underneath or above, I guess, your baby teeth, and they push on them, put pressure on them, and then those roots of the baby teeth start to dissolve, mm -hmm. right? So it just weakens that grip that your teeth have to your jaw, making them loose and come out painlessly because that nerve is no longer connected. I can't believe everybody loses teeth. Like, can you imagine just losing your teeth now? I know, like, that's something I, like, I think of all the time. Like, there was a point in my life where I could, like, wiggle my teeth. That, like, that terrifies I, I me. Know. Like, you can move, oh, God, it's, I can't even think like, about it. Like, it was it. such a normal thing, just like, hey, look, my tooth is, like, now, yeah, it's, like, like <laughs> bending your tooth up to show someone your gums. No. It's like, I'm a freak because I'm a kid. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, I remember... I shouldn't even tell this story, but I remember this one time I had a tooth like hanging by a thread and it was like hanging like out of my mouth when I closed my mouth. And I, was, like, I was really young and then my, my parents were just like, keep it in your mouth, like put a Kleenex on there. Oh we my God, just pull out. that thing out. <laughs> That's disgusting. Never pulled I the tooth out. I couldn't, oh like I was freaked out by it. I feel like I knocked most of mine out with my tongue. Like, I would just wiggle them around. I thought you meant at first when you said like... knock them out. I was just like, like, what? Like, with like, <laughs> what yeah. did you do? I did do it. No, it's, it's 
so fa- fascinating. I swallowed one of my teeth too. I did too. So tooth maybe swallowing club. Yeah. <laughs> we should change the name of the podcast. Yes, it's now the tooth <laughs> swallowing club. That's maybe that should be the name of the episode. Oh my god, that's <laughs> it for sure. <laughs> all right, back on track. With some tea. So, yes. So we all have these. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. Not all of us have wisdom teeth. I do They're not anymore. They gone. They're yes, thank <laughs> God, right? <laughs> some people are born without wisdom teeth as well, though, and some people are born with extra wisdom teeth. You never know what hand you'll be dealt in life, and hopefully, you're one of those lucky people without wisdom teeth. So they're also known as third molars, and they're quite frequently removed by dentists and oral surgeons because they often become impacted due to the size of our modern human mouths, which will make sense later. Um, yeah, so they basically are third molars that dentists don't want anymore, and they will likely no longer exist in the future because human mouths are not long large enough to hold them any longer. So we don't need the power of three molars to chew our food and our mouths have gotten smaller as we evolved, making wisdom teeth more of a nuisance for us than a benefit. So like I said, it's super variable whether you have them or not, but I have one friend who says she doesn't have them. So she's more evolved than I was because her mouth was the right size and had the right amount of teeth for modern humans. So Apparently, it gets to be a competitive thing these days. <laughs> the worst thing is, like, okay, for me, when I went to the dentist when I was, like, I don't know, like, 16, um, he looked at my teeth and were like, oh, you know what? You got wisdom teeth, but they're not impacted. Like, they're coming in. They're oh, fine. Um, so I was like, yeah. And he's like, you'll be able to keep them. And I'm like, amazing. <laughs> Score. I love to keep my wisdom teeth. So... But then I went back like a couple years later and he's like, ooh, no, you see, you have enough room for them, but they're coming in at a funky angle. So they betrayed you. I know. So So I had to get them out, which was an ordeal. I mean, honestly, I had a lot better than most people getting mine out, but Hmm. we'll talk about that later. Honestly, they, (laughs) they offered for me to keep my to wisdom teeth once they're out of my mouth oh I have a story about that actually <laughs> okay uh, yeah we'll okay so um <laughs> for now biologically we can tell a lot from teeth so teeth are highly affected by your childhood and the environment you grew up in so teeth for example um are excellent for aging juveniles so although this is a bit of a like one thing but not the other thing I don't know what I mean by that. Um, (laughs) So while teeth are affected by your environment, they're also unaffected in the sense that while other bones can be stunted by like malnutrition and that kind of thing, teeth have a regular eruption schedule pretty much no matter what's happening to you. Um, So they're great for aging juveniles and it can be really accurate. So that's one of the ways that we like to age kids. We can use x-rays and it's based on the formation of teeth. So what crowns are formed, what teeth are fully formed, what stage of formation they're at. Um, Wisdom teeth can make this a bit harder if they don't form, which we call agenesis. But for the most part, kids can be really easily um, aged by x-rays and by examining teeth. In fact, in some animals, Um, animals other than humans, that is, you can uh, vaguely age adults as well by the wear on their teeth um, in a slightly linear pattern. This is less true for humans, though. 
uh, especially with modern dentistry and varying diets. So for humans, we tend to use things like epiphyseal fusion um, or, oh my God, I'm blanking. What else do we use for adult aging? <laughs> I literally... I literally yeah, right? the pubic symphysis. Oh my gosh, yes. God, Oh my god, you hesitated. Oh, I was like, oh my god, yes, yes. Okay, th- I'm on summer mode. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to every professor I have ever had. I'm sorry that Honestly, I, I was reading my, my degree like this. <laughs> I was reading my notes today trying to make things like notes for this podcast. And I was like, I sound so smart. I could never write that down. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm talking about. This is what happens when you graduate. No. So we've also got isotopes. So by looking at chemical isotopes, we can determine where someone grew up via what was in the water they were drinking. It deposits itself minerally in the teeth. Um, Calculus on the teeth can also tell us generally about what people were eating. We can't be like, so-and-so had a roast beef sandwich last Tuesday. (laughs) But we can say like, um, oh, they had like aquatic animals, grains from this type of species, that kind of thing. So we can tell a lot biologically from teeth. They're they're like a one of one of who yeah. Someone once told me that teeth are like fossils in your mouth, and I really like that. Ooh, that was like I love they that. can tell you a lot, but yeah, yeah. So we can also tell a lot about human health from teeth um, through the study of paleopathology. So different ailments that can affect your teeth. Um, are things such as enamel hypoplasia, which is an enamel defect that occurs during tooth during tooth formation. So it can show up in the form of lines, pits, or grooves um, along the what surface? It's along the enamel, right? Yeah, it's 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 an yeah. enamel defect. Yeah, enamel hypoplasia. Yes, <laughs> I'm also <laughs> on the um, <laughs> So basically, the linear enamel hypoplasia definition is just like a thin line of enamel defect. it's hard to describe without like a thin, yeah defect yeah you it's can hard see to it pretty readily it. yeah yeah um but it's basically like it's line. caused by yeah, yeah. <laughs> by a generalized stress or in the environment of the child or the adult that now has this deformation on their tooth and these stressors we can't determine exactly what they are just from this um, pathology but it can be something like malnutrition or trauma or anything along those lines um everybody's favorite are dental caries also known as cavities with tooth decay um and battery bacteria that eats away at the tooth um exposing the dentin underneath and just keeps wearing away until you have a big hole in your tooth i've seen some gross I did not mean to say gross but that's okay no i know what you mean like i've seen some gaping massive carries that are just like how did you deal with that when you were I remember I hadn't been to the dentist in like three years I was in my third year of university and just had avoided it till then and then I (laughs) got into paleopathology and I was in the class I was like I need to get to the dentist because my teeth better not look like this and it was like such a motivator because you see this disgusting oh my gosh yeah some of the teeth it's just like there's it's like when you think of a cavity like it's like, oh, so-and-so had a cavity. It's not like you they open their mouth and you can, like, see a hole. But when they progress, yeah. like, you can see the hole. Yeah. <laughs> like, half of the tooth is gone. It's not nice. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's freaky. But yeah. um, 
I I luckily never had a cavity. I'm really happy about that. Me neither. What a score. Look at us with our healthy teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So another disease that can affect you is called periodontal disease, which is resorption of the jawbone. Um, So it actually means like the jawbone is like wearing away and it's exposing the root of your teeth. I did a project on this in third year and it's like, it's weird. You can see like most of the root, like it's ex- supposed to be extraordinarily painful because it's exposing. Yeah. And even in life too, the gums are seed as well. And the teeth yeah, can get like I really. Yeah, I people to Google it because <laughs> my worst fear. <laughs> um, so there's also something called Hutchison teeth. I've never heard of this. Cat shape? Yeah, okay, they're shaped like and a cat. So if you imagine like a congenital syphilis? Yeah. So if you imagine like a cat, like a drawing of cat with like its little ears and little yeah, it looks like that and it results from congenital mm. syphilis. So the more you know, that would be in the I'm milk teeth though. Later. In the deciduous um, teeth. Okay. Okay. And then there's also dental abscesses, which are literally pus pockets in your jaw, which can wear away so much that it starts to come out into your mouth. And it's basically just big, archaeologically, it looks like a hole in a skeleton's face, which is brutal. This would be also extraordinarily painful. Basically, the lesson of this podcast is don't take care of your teeth. Go to the dentist. Don't get pus pockets. Yeah, people have died from dental abscesses. <laughs> so we can also look at ancestry. Yeah, like, it's God, a... that's awful. Yeah, because it can spread infection, like, can spread throughout your body from the abscess, and you can die. Yeah, because your teeth are so, like, the roots of your teeth are relatively close to your brain, so it's really important. Even just blood supply, too. <laughs> like, anything that gets into the blood supply, you can get septic oh. from that. Yeah, fun, fun, fun. So taking a different route here, we can also, yeah, we can also look at ancestry. Um, So we can't actually tell race from a skeleton because that's culturally, um, it's a cultural concept. But we can start to think about ancestry. Um, So there's ancestry traits in teeth. So there's shovels shaped incisors that usually are present in Asian populations, and Carabelli's cusps, which are typically present in European populations. So I wanted to pose a question to Katie while we're here. We've talked about this in the class before, but it's interesting school of thought. Um, So they often destroy dental calculus to do tests um, to determine like isotopic analysis and stuff. So but our bodies are producing that dental calculus. So it is made by us, I guess you could say. So do you think that destroying dental calculus for tests is ethical? Because we don't typically destroy human bone due to ethical concerns. So in your opinion, is dental calculus different from human bone? And why or why not? I have mixed feelings about this. Because on one hand, by slightly destroying the calculus and running tests, we can learn a lot about things like diet. Um, which can really inform our archaeological findings. On the same token, though, um, destroying things, whether it be calculus or bone or even an artifact, um, when you destroy it, it, it's gone. 
Um, so part of me also thinks that maybe we should leave things for future scientists and anthropologists to look at when we have methods that might not require destruction. So I have mixed feelings. I think everything in moderation. Um, I think if you take one tooth here and there and destroy the calculus on that or destroy the teeth, maybe section the teeth, I think that that's valid if it's scientifically, um, like if it's grounded in science. But if you're just kind of going at it and you're destroying context and um, you're destroying evidence for future researchers, I think that's maybe where it becomes a problem. Yeah, that's really well put. I agree. Thank you. <laughs> so teeth can also be modified. <laughs> <laughs> teeth can be modified through culture and behavior. So fun fact, brushing your teeth too hard can create striations on the tooth that, you know, they stay on the tooth forever. They're, they're visible there. Um, another example of behavioral modification, uh, which is a less conscious one, is tooth grinding. Uh, I, for example, grind my teeth, and if you know what to look for, you can see the tooth grinding effects on my teeth. So I have to wear a night guard in my teeth, on my teeth, <laughs> at night. <laughs> yes, I have this giant thing I have to put in that can't talk, but yeah, protecting my teeth. <laughs> and uh, teeth are great for forensic identifications as well. Um, definitely not as easy as in TV shows when they're like, oh, I found Bob's x-ray. Let me compare it to the decedent. This is Bob. Um, it's basically in order to compare an x-ray, you have to have like a person already to compare them to. So that's why it's not as easy, but it's doable if you can compare x-rays. Um, there are also more cultural modifications such as tooth inlays. Um, some cultures in the past would inlay jewels and precious gems into their teeth. Um, we even do that today, for example, with like grills or uh, I think tooth tattoos are a thing. Um, you know, you can get anything tattooed if you want to, it seems like. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, we still modify our teeth today, even those people that grind them into like pointy vampire teeth. That's another cultural modification. Um, and of course, we have medical interventions as well that will be interesting in the archaeological record, uh, like braces, retainers. I don't know if anybody will wear a retainer to their grave, but uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Well, I won't be there to see it, but if uh, in a few hundred years, they'll dig up some, some retainered skeletons. That's true. <laughs> well, well actually, you know, permanent retainers. Permanent retainers, you're right. I didn't even yeah. think of that. Yeah, so there's one thing so there. Those will, yeah. They'll be there. <laughs> they'll be there. If you're listening to this 200 years from now, please check if... Yeah. Permanent retainers have been found in 2020 skeletons. Thank you. Can That's we condone people digging up <laughs> people? Like, is that okay? <laughs> yeah, no, make sure you're part of an excavation and not just like yeah. some guy, but um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll throw some fun facts about teeth at y'all out there. Um, enamel is the hardest substance in the human body. So it's often teeth are sometimes all that archaeologists find because it's the last thing typically to what why can't I think of the word decay <laughs> decay thank you holy cow um so teeth unlike bones can't repair themselves so that sucks don't break a tooth it won't repair itself like a bone yeah um two-thirds of your teeth are hidden underneath the gums 
like an iceberg. Like an iceberg. Same thing. Rodents' teeth never stop growing, which is why they never stop gnawing. <laughs> and sometimes they gnaw on bones, which is called osteophagia. That wasn't written on our nice. prompt sheet, but I thought I'd throw it in. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, thank you. Um, your teeth form before you're even born. So babies are born with just little gums, but their teeth are under there, ready to erupt in a few months. I have no idea how old babies are when they get their teeth. So I just Oh, me neither. Them. I don't know any of the milestone stuff. I'm like, when yeah. do they start walking? Three months? Yeah. Ten years? I don't know. <laughs> Two years? I don't know, yeah. <laughs> somewhere in there fine um finally teeth there is unique as fingerprints which is why dental records are helpful in forensic cases no two people's mouths look the same so i have a tip for all you people out there don't listen to it though google, <laughs> listen to it okay go to go to google images and search juvenile dentition okay and then click around till you see uh like a photo of a skull with the teeth exposed like the top layer of bone is taken off it is you it it's weird to think that that is what your your skull was like at one time but um if if you're into like horror movies and you want nightmares then uh juvenile dentition development is a an excellent uh starter pack for nightmares funny story about that you left that note on our like notes and i was like oh i'm gonna google this and i googled juvenile detention so I was like hmm it doesn't look right also scary though let's be honest <laughs> oh my god anyway I think we both have some very nice wisdom teeth stories to get into before we run out of time here so I'll let you go first okay mine is mine. not that exciting but it's a little funny okay. so I I always find it interesting, like human bone, it's my thing, right? Bones and teeth. Um, so I don't especially find it necessarily ethical to go and purchase human remains. So I thought getting my wisdom teeth out is the perfect instance for oh. me to have a piece of bone slash. Ew. <laughs> so anyhow, I went to the oral surgeon to get my wisdom teeth removed and they took me back and I I forgot to ask them, but I told my mom, like, ask them if I can have my teeth. So she asked them, they're like, no, no, we don't do that. Like, it's against our policy to give your teeth back to you. So my mom's like, but she's an anthropologist. Oh, my God. <laughs> the last thing I heard before I was knocked out was she needs to keep her teeth. She's an anthropologist. That's amazing. <laughs> Holy cow. So that's my that's my tooth story. That's awesome. <laughs> Mine's nothing so funny. Oh no. <laughs> Everyone who knows me knows this story because I tell it all the time. Because I got oh my, my teeth through last April. It's not like an anecdote or anything, but I didn't get put to sleep to get my teeth taken out. You so know, I my friend opted for that. Like she opted oh, to not. God. Yeah. No, it was the worst thing I've ever done. Like, I didn't get a choice. I like basically asked the dentist if I could. And he was like, no, no, they're ripping you off when they put you under. Don't worry, we'll give you a Xanax. It'll be fine. It was not fine. <laughs> like, I felt them put the like numbing needles in. So basically, they were like, you have to be able to distinguish between pain and pressure. But I could feel them ripping my teeth out of my head. Uh... 
And these are like fully developed wisdom teeth and they weren't out yet. So they had to like cut into the gum, cut into the jaw. They had their little bone saw out and I like tasted no. the bone and it was so bad. Oh my God. I will never forget the feeling of my teeth being ripped away from my jaw. Well, on that pleasant note, we're going to do our... You all know something new about me now. <laughs> We're going to do our non-human listener shout-out of the week. So, today's shout-out is to my friend Stacy's new cat, Sullivan. <clears throat> Sorry. I swallowed weirdly when I said that. Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Sullivan is a wonderful black cat who is Aww. really adorable. So, hello, hello Sullivan, Sullivan, and welcome to your new house, even though I'm not there to welcome you because it's not my house. Um, <laughs> we welcome you. <laughs> From here. <laughs> uh, so tune back next week for another episode of Anthropologically Speaking. And until then, Isabel, do you want to say it? Stay bony. Woo! Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>